If you're listening to this episode, I bet you're wondering what behaviors you're doing that keep you from getting your needs met and ending up in situationship after situationship. I got you. I've created a situationship quiz and I'm so excited about it. Take the quiz to discover more behaviors and more tips for navigating situationships because I know you're in more than one right now. No judgment, boo-boo. I used to have five situationships at a time. Yes. So you're not alone. You can find the quiz at www.dontea.co forward slash quiz. That's D-O-N-T-E-A dot C-O forward slash quiz. I'll drop it in the show notes as well. Okay, back to the episode. How would someone know they're thriving? I think when you get to a point where you may still cycle back through some of those relational grief um, cycles, but overall, you're in a good place. Hi, loves. I'm Dantea Mitchell-Hunter, your new fave self-worth therapist, and this is Detox Therapy. Quick note, even though I'm a fully licensed therapist, This show is not a replacement for therapy. If you find yourself needing a therapist, definitely search for one in your area. Now, if you want to work with me though, and you live in Washington, Georgia, or DC, then please go to my website at soireesintherapy.com and book your free 15 minute consultation. Welcome back, loves. Thanks for joining me again. You know, we've been doing a lot of interviews lately, and I'm really excited about this one. I'm excited about all of them, so I'm just like, it is what it is. So today we have Natalie Fuel, a relational therapist. I met Natalie in a program, and let me just tell you, she's awesome. She's down to earth. She is from the South, and I know you're going to enjoy this episode. Uh, Natalie, please tell us more about you what you do, all that good stuff. Okay. So hello, everyone. I'm so excited to uh, be here today. I am a relational therapist and I help women thrive after breakup and divorce. Um, And I also help people with other relationships. So sometimes we only want to focus on romantic relationships, but we have other relationships that we also need to focus on because How you show up in one relationship is how you pretty much show up in all relationships. Mm -hmm. So it's good to know how you present yourself at the workplace, in your family, and in your relationships or your romantic relationships. So I help people discover how to show up better in their authentic way and that all of their relationships are working for them and not against them. Um, But my main focus is with women who are ready to thrive after divorce and breakup. So that is my Mm. main focus. I love it. I love it. And let me, you guys can't see us right now, but let me tell you, Natalie has this really cute sweater on, has like a little, little side shoulder action. Give me a little 80s vibe. I wish you could see, you can't see it. It's so cute. So yes, thriving. This is an example. Um, Natalie, can you, can you talk more about what you said earlier? Like how, how you show up in one relationship is how you show up in all relationships. Like how does that even happen? I have a friend who 
is a natural giver Mm -hmm. and she loves to take care of people. But the problem is not that she's a giver and she loves to take care of people. It is that she's doing it when they are not, um, she's not getting reciprocated back to her. It's she's doing it and then getting frustrated that she's not receiving what she's looking for. So in relationships or romantic relationships, she will pay for the gas so he can come see her. Mm. She will fly to see him, you know, get a hotel and then he somehow has something to do, but know that she was coming. And so she's disappointed. Okay. Mm. So that's in the romantic side, but in her family structure, She's the same way. She takes care of her siblings. She feels mm-hmm. like she is like the third parent. Um, she takes care of their cell phone bill sometimes. She's always there when they need her for financial reasons or emotional support. But when it's time for her to get that back from them, they are nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. So she's frustrated. And I'm telling her, I'm not going to suggest that you take away your superpower of being a giver and um being able to take care of people. That is who you are. That is your core. What I'm saying is make sure that the person that you're doing it to understands what you need and you don't just do it without any regard of or having a conversation or um, knowing that that person is ready to receive and to also give what you need to. So kind of hold back on how much you just you know, start to give without having anything receiving back to you. Yeah. So basically, because I mean, I I believe that and I just love hearing it from other people explain it. So basically you're saying if I am a giver mm-hmm. and so I'm in this romantic relationship and I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm giving, probably if I'm giving all of that gas money and right. that kind of stuff, <laughs> right. um, I'm probably frustrated when, when my partner says, oh, well, I'm actually only going to be able to see you for dinner tonight because I have something to do, whatever. Okay, so I'm frustrated there. And mm-hmm. I may not be realizing how I'm still doing that maybe in the workplace, right. with my family, with my friends. And so so you're saying like that can be problematic if we're not realizing that? Right, exactly. And we're not communicating also. And we're too ready to just jump all in. Mm-hmm. And we need to just kind of, you know, like we would in a pool. We put our toes in first and you know mm-hmm. we ease into the water and to see if we're going to stay in there if it's going to be getting warm whatever but we don't just jump in and I think mm-hmm. sometimes we we don't um, protect our superpower oh, we don't yeah. protect who we are and we expect so much more and we don't we don't require that um, also, and we don't hold the boundary of it either. So I see it's very interesting. Yeah, it is very interesting. And it's, I mean, it's a lot of, it's very relatable. So how did, how did you get into this work? Like, how did you get into wanting to help women thrive after divorce, after breakups? Um, I think it started with the, on a journey in grad school. I knew that I wanted to focus on couples and families mm. at the time. My program only had two tracks. It was the mental health track. No, three tracks, the mental health track, career counseling and school counseling. So I decided to make my own track Mm -hmm. with every paper, every assignment focused on couples and family because that I knew I wanted to focus on that. Mm -hmm. So over time, it just kind of matured. I've been divorced for almost five years Mm -hmm. and going through my divorce 
made me realize, okay, I know um, logically that I have to go through the pain, the hurt, the emotions, the grief, the all of that. Mm -hmm. I know that. Mm -hmm. But what happens once I get to that, I want to be able to just thrive afterwards. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be the stereotypical divorcee, depressed, in the bed, mad at the ex, Mm -hmm. just just feeling shameful, um, all the guilt that comes with it. I didn't want to be her. I knew I wanted to be something else. So I went searching for what was that something else. And all the self-help books that I found dealing with divorce was had some sad connotation like mm. oh poor thing you went to divorce it's so bad blah, blah. and I was like I don't want to I don't want to hear that mm. you know I don't want to I want something more positive and I could not find it so I decided um after the fact I went to therapy which was wonderful um but during the pandemic some of the stuff started to come back up about what I wish I had mm-hmm. and I just started to write stuff down and I started to just say what I will have wanted for someone to tell me the different sign when to take off the ring. Nobody knows when to take off. Yeah, the ring. You know? That's a good point. Yeah. Do you take it off that first day? Right. Do you take it off when you're on a date? Exactly. Do you ever take it off? Right. When do you take it off? Um, mm-hmm. How do you handle the questions? Yeah. Um, how do you deal with the first um, holiday? No, I didn't mm-hmm. have that. Um, those answers and my circle were not um, equipped to give me those answers. My parents have been married for over 50 years. Mm-hmm. Um, my relatives are married. Nobody that I knew was going through a divorce or had gone through a divorce that I felt comfortable talking with. Yeah. So during the pandemic, I just started writing down stuff and <laughs> I wrote a book called Divorce Looks Good on You. Yes. A Girlfriend's Guide to Moving Towards Greatness After Divorce. So I I, in that book, I put everything that I wish I had. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think that's where it was like, okay, I want to be able to help more women who are ready to do something different. We don't want the stigma of divorce. Mm-hmm. We want to thrive. And if that means thriving by ourselves forever, great. If that means thriving until we get into another relationship, great. Mm-hmm. Whatever that thing is, we are not going to be stuck in sadness and depression. Yeah. So so what does thriving mean? Like, What does that even how would someone know they're thriving? I think when you get to a point where you may still cycle back through some of those relational griefs um, cycles, but overall you're in a good place. Like I don't have any heart feelings towards my ex. Mm. Um, he's a wonderful person, um, a wonderful father. But he just was not a, a good husband for me. Doesn't mean that he's not a good husband for somebody else. Mm-hmm. I think when I think of him, when his name comes up, I'm not upset. I'm not. I don't have any animosity. I am doing well. I'm in a uh, my dream career at this point. Uh, I'm not holding back doing anything because I'm not at a in a marital state or um, in a, another relationship. I am genuinely happy in the stage that I'm in now. Mm -hmm. And I think that is a part of my definition of thriving. And I want other women to define thriving, but the whole, the bottom line is how positive and how motivating you are in order to move forward. You're not withholding anything because you're divorced or um, you're just had a long-term breakup. Mm -hmm. You're moving forward in the things that you want to do. I see. So thriving means I'm doing what I want to do. I'm not wrapped up in like grief and sadness all the time. Mm -hmm. What does that look like? Like mentally, like, like, um, 
Yeah. Like when you work with your clients through this process, what are the things that they're doing when you're like, oh, I think they're thriving? They're starting to do things uh, <laughs> that they would not have done. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, sometimes we as women have been conditioned to believe that we have to wait on a partner in order to experience things. Yeah. And so we, there is like almost a sin to go on vacation by yourself Mm. or to go to the movies or to go to a restaurant or whatever. And I'm saying when you're able to have those experiences by yourself, then you're only equipping yourself to have another experience with your partner if that is what you choose. Mm. And when I see women doing things that they have put off because of a relationship, Uh, And they're now saying, I'm going to do that. Or they're taking more risks that they might not have taken before because they were so concerned about what their partner would say. Um, That is when I'm like, okay, I have done some good work. (laughs) Like they're doing, if it's the smallest thing, I'm going to the movies by myself. That's a breakthrough. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I love that. I talk about that a lot. It's it's something that I'm working on in in a course that I'm building. And I, I think that's so important to talk about. Like, so many times us as women we wait to do things until we are in a relationship and like if if i want to go to paris whatever uh i can't go to paris because it's a city of love and i don't have someone so what are people going to say so i can't go to paris because i don't have this partner and it's like if you pull that back it's like okay so you're literally saying you Uh have the money you have the time you have the resources you mapped out how you're going to spend paris and you're not you're going to wait until this person drops Who may in. or may not be there or may not may not come. <laughs> who may or may not come or may not be there. Who may yeah. not be there right now during this off season, go to Paris. So you're literally putting your life on hold until someone comes in and says, now it's okay. Yeah. Like, what? That's, yeah. that's like crazy making. And I've been that girl. So I get it. Me too. <laughs> and, and when you said put your life on hold, I was like, that's it. That is the... That is what we have done. Mm-hmm. We have put our lives on hold until this person comes to open the door. Yeah. And I'm saying, no, you can go to Paris as a single woman and go to Paris as a married woman mm-hmm. and have two different experiences. Exactly. But you went to Paris twice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You went to Paris twice and you did it because you wanted to. Right. Yep. You know, it's the same thing like, even if you take it back, like what school, maybe, maybe some of us only went to school because our parents told us to. Right. Um, and we think about it. It's like, would you have gone to school? And if the answer is, yeah, I would have gone to school either way. Then like continue to treat your life that way. Do you feel like there's a difference between thriving after breakup and thriving after divorce? Is that a different type of experience? Yes and no. Okay. And I would say that because, yes, because society puts it as a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, when someone breaks up from a relationship, uh, long-term relationship, they just, it's nothing. Oh, you get over whatever. But when it's a divorce, it's like, I mean, everything from when you fill out forms, what is your marital status? Mm-hmm. Divorce. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you don't see breakup. <laughs> you see divorce. <laughs> So it's more, um, it's that, that I say, yes, it's a difference. But as far as the hurt and the pain, I'm not going to say that somebody who was in a committed relationship for five years 
hurts less than someone who was in a marriage for five years. Mm. I cannot say mm-hmm. that. Um, is it a difference? Yes. Uh, because, well, it's, it's the same hurt, but coming from two different angles. Um, it could be the weight of society. You had this wedding, you went on this honeymoon, you, you have made these vows, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And now they're over. And now you have this physical piece of paper saying that the relationship is over. Yeah, I think that might be the the biggest difference, mm-hmm. but the hurt, the grief process is the same. I see. You still grieve the same, I think. Yes. I I love that. And I don't, you know, as someone who's never been married, never been divorced, I don't even I don't even give weight to that box. Right? Right. Cause because I'm in the place of, oh, you shouldn't be single, right? Society wants everyone to be coupled. And so never been married, never been divorced. It's like Oh, there's my single box, boom, and I'm not even thinking about divorce because it's there's so many legalities, right? Like, right. My assumption is that in our society, you cannot you cannot check single if you're technically divorced because right. that means whatever. I don't even know what it means. I don't need society. Either. I don't need. Oh, okay, someone got divorced. Like, <laughs> why can't you just check single? Right. Isn't that? Huh. Okay, something to talk about. Um, and something that I might start doing. Yeah. <laughs> Who's going to check me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like what's going to happen? Right. Like, no, actually, ma'am, like, we can see that there's um, a difference in your skin complexion right. around your wedding finger, you know, or right. ring was. Yeah, check single and tell me how you feel. Yeah, I think I might. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. And I'm going to check divorce. <laughs> right, right. See how, what, what, what does that bring to you when you actually check that? What do you feel? Because yeah. all of those feelings are from what we were taught about being single. I think it's on the uh, one side of the spectrum, being mm. single in society saying you should be single, being divorced and saying, oh, you had a failed marriage. But the, uh, the mountaintop experience is being married. And yeah. I think we both have experienced that we know people who are who are just as alone as if they were single mm-hmm. and who are in a dead relationship and should be divorced. I mean, I think mm-hmm. we both have that experience. So Absolutely. I think, it's, it, yeah, I'm going to check single and see how I feel about that. Yes, <laughs> tell me, tell me. Everyone's like, the goal where you should be checking is married. That's that's the goal. And so it, it makes everything on the on the one end of it and on the other end of it, like less desirable or that shouldn't be the case. Right. I hear you saying that's not where the focus needs to be. should be around thriving. So my question for you is how did you know, Natalie, that you were thriving? You started to be this like thriving person. I think I knew when I wasn't mad anymore. Mm -hmm. When the triggers that I had were quickly acknowledged, worked through and moved on. Mm. Um, it, I, ne- I didn't linger in it. Um, some of them I allowed myself because I think sometimes we need to allow ourselves to feel what we feel. And I think during those times I, I would say, why are you feeling this way? What happened? Mm. What do we need to work through or learn from this experience? But I think even now, if my ex called me right now, It'll be like, hey, what's up? How are you doing? You know, mm-hmm. how are things going? Blah, blah, blah. It's nothing. I'm not upset anymore. I had to go through not only the grief of the marriage ending, but I had to learn how to forgive myself for allowing things to happen, mm-hmm. for um, ignoring the red flags that I saw prior to us getting married. 
Um, so it was a lot more of me forgiving myself mm-hmm. and what I did versus anything he could have done. Yeah. Uh, so I think when I focused on me and realized, mm-hmm. okay, you are have forgiven yourself. You know, you're not going to do that again. You're not going to repeat that. All right. Now, what do you want to do? And it was like, oh, my goodness. What what can I do? <laughs> yes. Yes. So what what is your Paris story? Wow. I it's a lot of things I want to do. I got into the program that we met in. Mm. And I don't think I would have if I was in a relationship oh, or in a not? different I think I would have thought the money might have been too much or hmm. um, I wasn't in the headspace that I need to do this for myself. I have when um, I was growing up, my goal was to leave my parents home, go to college and be on my own, living on my own, doing my own thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um and I was determined not to be the woman to leave my parents' home and go into a marriage. Mm-hmm. Why I felt that for uh, when I was younger, I don't know. Okay. But something about leaving mom and dad's home and going into a marital home was just like, oh no, I, mm-hmm. I need I need some singleness. In yeah, <laughs> yeah, some uh, autonomy. Right, right. So I had it, but I didn't have enough of it. Mm-hmm. And so I got married, and then. Um, so now I'm looking back, I, my parents bought my first car. My husband bought a car for me that I still have. Mm. I've never bought a car on my own. So I want to buy a car. Yeah. Yeah. I want to buy a house. I bought a house with my, I bought a couple of houses with my husband, Mm -hmm. but I've never bought a house by myself. So I think those are my parents moments. I want to buy a brand new car on my own and I want to buy a house on my own. I think that is my biggest thing. I love that. I remember in the program that we met, um, you were talking about like test driving some car. Didn't you test drive something? I did. I want to, and I'm still going to test drive a Jaguar. I put yes. it aside and said, I'll just do a Lexus. And then something was like, no, go test out the Jaguar. So I'm yes. going to test out the Jaguar. Do it. Because I want an SUV Jaguar. That's I think that's what I want. Is it the F series? I have no idea. It's like a because <laughs> there, there's a I've always loved Jaguars and I like the um the hybrid or the electric uh, SUV. Oh, see now I really got to go to Do the it. because it's not that far from me. So I need to go see? check it out. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you've had something where you're like, ah, I did this on my own. Yes, I. I jumped out of the traditional job on my mm. own mm-hmm. and it is not without struggle. <laughs> <laughs> um, that steady check okay. is, is serious. It, mm-hmm. it will keep you. And my ex was getting paid on the first and the 15th of every month. It was mm-hmm. coming in nicely. Yeah. But now that I am single again, being able to take care of myself in a in a job of my own that mm-hmm. I own myself is a dream come true. Oh, I love it. Yes. So I am still I'm still thriving trying to reach some goals in my business. Mm-hmm. But that is the biggest like I'm so happy um that I did it for me. I did yes. this for me. Absolutely. It's like that thing you were saying earlier where not want to be in mom and dad's house, 
then college, and then in the home with your husband, this is like you being that, that person that didn't get that long break. Like now right. you're, now it's you again. And now you yeah. have that job and working for yourself. Like that's amazing. I love that. So as you were saying this, I start hearing that song. I don't know if you know this song. We, um, I'm single again, back on the proud. You know that song? Oh, no. <laughs> I think it's a I got to find like that a, song. It's a Trina song and someone else I think. But anyways, anyways, the point is when you talk about being single, what comes up with that as well is like is dating, right? And so I know um you're working you have a program, right? Like tell us about it. Yes, yeah, so the program is called Same Guy Different Name. Mm. And I think we all have a story of how we dated someone or similar people that did not work out, mm-hmm. that they may have had different names, but they were pretty much the same guy. So the program goes into how did we learn about being in relationship? No one taught us how to be a sister, a mother, a cousin, a coworker, a friend. Mm-hmm. We kind of just learned just by happenstance. So then when we get into a relationship, we don't even know how to be in a romantic relationship. Nobody teaches those things and definitely don't nobody nobody teaches us about being married. Mm-hmm. So I take you from who taught you how to be in relationship? Who were you looking at while you were younger? What did your parents teach you in their behavior or in their words? And see where you are picking up some of those traits or those habits. Because like I said, the way you are in one relationship is how you're going to be in other relationships. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I say, what other red flags did you ignore while you're in this dating streets? Like, why are you on these dating streets? What did you ignore? And why did you ignore them? And then from there, we look at past relationships and see if we can find some commonality about what <laughs> we kept dating the same guy, mm-hmm. different name, and why we kept with this pattern. Sometimes we say, well, I have this type, I have this type, but we have to look at the type, our type. Does that type serve us mm-hmm. or is that type getting us the same bad relationship, right? So it's a lot of reflecting on us. Uh, we go through what do you bring to the table? Uh, we always want the man to bring to the table his assets. But what are you bringing to the table as your asset? Uh, we're going to um, discover our boundaries and expectations and our non-negotiables. So by the time you walk out of this uh, retreat, uh, this day retreat, you will have a physical journal that has everything that we discussed and other notes that you can take throughout your journey, but mm-hmm. you'll have something to help you when the next relationship comes that you're not repeating those bad behaviors. I see. So you really help women work through what they've done in the past that didn't work out well. Right. And I'm assuming that may, for people who are divorced, it may bring up the X and yeah. focusing on traits of that. And then, but it also sounds like, which I like to hear, like focusing on them, what do they need to change about themselves? Right. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Because I think we get into a habit of wanting to point the finger mm. and we're not looking at how we contributed to the chaos of relationship too. Yeah. There were two people in this and he could not have done everything to you and you cannot always be the victim. You, some of the stuff you allowed to happen or you ignored and they continue to happen. Mm-hmm. So you have to acknowledge, why did I do that? And how can I never do it again? 
Yes, exactly. I love that. And I love that you said it's a retreat. Is this only in person? I did a beta group virtually mm -hmm. and I found that it went very well, but I think getting it all in one time yeah. will help really flush out some of the stuff and having it in a group setting, you get be able to hear what other people have gone through and that might trigger, you know, oh yeah, I, I did that too. I didn't even think about that as a problem or that being an asset to mm. how I show up. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that will help, but it's a, it's going to be a very small group because I want it to be very intimate and I want um, every woman to feel like they have my undivided attention and also get everything they need in this day retreat. I see. I love it. I love that you have a program for these women um, to really look at how they're dating differently. People, you hear all the time people are like, it's, um, what do they say? These dating streets are hard or whatever, yeah. whatever the <laughs> saying is, right? Uh -huh. And it's just like to have a holding place for women to really do it differently, just like you said. Right. I love that. I I love that. I love that. I love that. I know I cannot keep you here all day. <laughs> I've so enjoyed this conversation, especially talking about like what is your Paris moment and um how you're gonna check the single box and see oh, how yeah. that feels. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure people want to know how to contact you, maybe even sign up for this program. So how can the people find you? So go to my website, thrivingafterdivorceandbreakup.com. You'll get to know me better. You get to know what the program is about and you will be able to sign up for the program. So, and you can contact me um, through the contact page if you need to ask some personal questions, but yes. That's, awesome. that's the best way to contact me. I love it. Is there a, um, a, a retreat coming up soon, like a deadline? Yes. So early bird special is April 15th. Okay. So it's from now until April 15th. And then after April 15th, the last day is May 2nd. Um, the retreat is May 22nd in Mooresville, North Carolina. Mm. Um, and eventually I will, once this gets up and running, I want to do a uh, weekend retreat in some nice, you know, luxury place. Yes. So we can really just relax yes. and learn, but also have some good vacation and um, experiences with just your girlfriend. I love it. It sounds so luxurious, sounds peaceful, sounds like community, sounds yes. like a lot of cathartic moments of, of tears being shed, holding right. space. I love it. Um, and I'm excited to see where this where this goes. So again, Natalie, thank you so, so much for being here. Thank you. Everything that we mentioned today will be in the show notes, where to sign up for her program and everything like that. And um, if you have any questions, reach out to Natalie about the program. If you have any questions for the podcast, please send them my way. Until next time, loves. See ya. Thank you, loves, for listening to this week's episode. If you're enjoying the show, it'd be really great if you could please rate and review. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Soirees and Therapy. To learn more about the services I offer, visit soireesandtherapy.com. If you've got a question you'd like me to answer, please send your question to dantea at soireesandtherapy.com. The answer might just become an episode. <laughs>